Hello, welcome to Discovering Jazz. My name's Larry Sademan here in Victoria, BC. In this program, we all discover jazz old and new together. We'll listen to a wide variety of jazz styles and I'll present different topics, giving ideas as to what we can listen for to enhance our experience. Thanks to Peterborough Independent Podcasters for hosting this podcast. For the next 60 minutes, Discovering Jazz. Welcome to episode 100. Time for a party. But with the physical distancing we are experiencing to stop the spread of COVID-19, it will be a party of one, and you as a virtual guest. I want to explore for this episode my own jazz roots, trying to answer the question as to why I've decided to make jazz my go-to genre, at least for now. Was there a past trauma that has imprinted this into my head, or some amazing, exciting association? I can't say that I've actually found an answer, but what I'll do on this episode is present a few early discoveries of mine that may or may not have fit the category of jazz, but definitely was a step toward a jazz consciousness. I'll also throw in some music that helps me sustain this interest today. Here's one that stands out. I was 11 years old. When I first heard it on the radio, I thought it was awful, but I was intrigued and I would wait for it to be played on the weekly hit parade, and I grew to love it. Nina Simone, one of her first recordings, it hit number 18 on the Billboard Hot 100 charts in 1959. I love you, Porgy. Thank you. 
Simone, to have had a tune like that making the charts among all those teenage angst ballads was quite revolutionary, and just as revolutionary was that it was over four minutes long, when two and a half minutes was the norm for a hit tune. And for me to have ended up loving it, perhaps that was the biggest miracle of all. I might have to consider that to be the first trace of my interest in jazz. Or maybe not. Maybe I have to track back a bit further to discover what the first jazz record was that I might have heard and impressed itself upon me. I can remember playing one of my parents' 78 RPM recordings of Stardust with the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra featuring a young singer named Frank Sinatra and an unidentified female vocalist. But it would be a stretch to call it jazz. And I don't ever remember not having that 78 RPM record, so it's obviously imprinted itself on me. Here it is, the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra with vocal refrain by Frank Sinatra and the Pied Pipers. From 1940, Hoagy Carmichael's Stardust. Sometimes I wonder why I spend the lonely song the melody haunts my reverie and I am once again with you when our love was new and each kiss an inspiration But that was long ago And now my consolation Is in the stardust of a song And beside a garden wall When the stars were bright You were in my arms The night told its fairy tale of paradise where roses grew though I dream in vain in my heart it always will remain my stardust melody
that female soloist uncredited on the record. The only female member of the Pied Pipers at that time was Joe Stafford, who later became a very famous singer. Still exploring my initial foray into jazz, there was an LP that my mother had. She must have received it by mistake, by not checking off the reject box in the record club she was in, and she hated it, so she gave it to me, and I was really intrigued. It was from 1955 and called Modern Brass, the Milt Bernhardt Brass Ensemble. I have a copy of the album now, and I'm looking at it, and what an amazing array of jazz greats. Arrangements by Pete Candoli, Jimmy Jufri, Shorty Rogers, Pete Rugolo, Andre Previn, and some of the players were Milt Bernhardt on trombone, bassist Red Mitchell, and even trumpeter Maynard Ferguson, a Canadian. It's the first time I heard what has now become a jazz standard, Tangerine. Here it is, arranged by Wes Hensel, featuring the trombone of Milt Bernhardt and French horn of John Grass. I'll follow it with a Shorty Rogers arrangement of Hooray for Hollywood, featuring Bernhardt again, as well as a short bass solo by Red Mitchell. Two in a row from the Milt Bernhardt Brass Ensemble.
Tangerine, followed by Hooray for Hollywood, by the Milt Bernhardt Brass Ensemble from 1955. I'm quite impressed at how within pieces that are two and a half minutes or under, there could be so much stretching out. Jazz is usually a type of music that is best appreciated live. and I confess that in my youth, up until about 1981, when I started volunteering at the Jazz City Festival in Edmonton, I hadn't heard that much live jazz. One exception was at a folk club in the 1970s, where I also volunteered, called The Hovel. One week, they booked Canadian jazz guitarist Lenny Bro. I ended up seeing him perform for quite a few nights, and I have a few stories about Lenny, but I'll save them for another time. Watching him play was quite the experience. Here he is with A Taste of Honey from a 1969 album that also included drummer Reg Keln and electric bassist Ron Halderson. Here's a little tune called A Taste of Honey. Thank you. 
Lenny Bro, A Taste of Honey. That tune is pretty significant in my own jazz development, as I first heard it as the soundtrack to the original film starring Rita Tushingham that I saw in 1961. Everything about that film affected me, and the song continues to haunt me. When I was taking piano lessons in grade 11 and 12, I wrote out my own sort of arrangement of the tune. But here is the jazz refrain, as it was called, of the original Bobby Scott version of A Taste of Honey. Bobby Scott on piano from 1960. This is Discovering Jazz. My name is Larry Sademan. Today I'm introducing you to some of my jazz roots, which are no doubt very different from most jazz players who became inspired by something like a Coltrane solo. For me, well, how about this? All right, you chipmunks. Ready to sing your song? I say we are. Yeah, let's sing it now. Okay, Simon. Okay. Okay, Theodore. Okay. Okay, Alvin. Alvin. Alvin! Well, it ain't Coltrane or Miles Davis, but if that record never existed, it's possible that this show wouldn't exist. So you might ask, how were the chipmunks responsible for my introduction to real jazz? Well, the fact is that B-sides of 45 RPM records were a very important part of my musical development. My family had those records by the Chipmunks, and on the B-side was always an instrumental by David Seville and his orchestra, whose real name was Ross Bagdasarian. Just listen to this B-side of that Chipmunk song from 1958 and tell me if this isn't an authentic piece of jazz. 
the great Ross Bagdasarian on piano, the man behind the Chipmunks from 1958. Now for the man who is probably a greater influence on my appreciation of jazz than any other jazz singer, even more so than some of my favorites of Mel Torme, Sarah Vaughan, Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra. I've played this man a few times on this program. His name is Gene McDaniels, and someday I'd like to do a whole special on him, but I fear that no one would listen because barely anybody's heard of him. He had a few hits in the 60s, like 100 Pounds of Clay, Tower of Strength, then later became known for writing tunes such as I Feel Like Making Love for Roberta Flack and Compared to What for Les McCann and Eddie Harris. And his last two records before his death were pretty much pure jazz. In 1963, on CJCA Radio in Edmonton, I would win a lot of records by identifying the singer in their phone contests. One day, they played something by Gene McDaniels, who I already knew and loved from his hits, and I won a very different album by him that literally changed my life. It was called The Wonderful World of Gene McDaniels, and about half the tunes with the Marty Page Orchestra were pretty pure jazz. This is one that blew me away and was my first introduction to Thelonious Monk. I went to a bar, I didn't have to go far. I had to get high, I didn't know why. I thought a bit, and just as sure as can be. It came back to me, complete misery, make it straight. No chaser, please, bartender, won't you tell me when it's two o'clock, please? Bartender turned round, said, mister, look what I found. I found some good wines, that would be fine. I thought a bit, that isn't just what I need. Get loaded with speed, said, won't you take heat, straight scotch? No chaser, please, bartender, won't you tell me when it's two o'clock, please? Just as sure as can be It came back to me Complete misery Make it straight No chaser Please bartender Won't you tell me When it's two o'clock Please Bartender turned round Said mister Look what I found I found some good wine Said that would be fine I thought a bit That isn't just what I need Get loaded with speed Said won't you take heat Straight scotch No chaser Please bartender Won't you tell me When it's two o'clock Please Daniels. While we're talking about Thelonious Monk, let me tell you about my second introduction to that great composer and pianist. I set up my first musical duo with a friend when I was in high school, playing folk songs, pop songs of the day, and whatever else. And he was actually training as a classical pianist. One day, while visiting him, he showed me a record he just bought. It was one of Thelonious Monk's first two albums on Columbia. It was either Monk's Dream or Criss Cross. Bob Clackwich, if you are listening to this podcast, you can confirm which one. I was quite surprised that a meticulous pianist like Bob would go for something so bizarre. And I confess that, just like with that first Nina Simone piece I played at the beginning of the program, I was intrigued. Here is something from the Criss Cross album, a variation of I Got Rhythm called Rhythmining, Thelonious Monk. (laughs) 
Chris Monk from 1963, Rhythming with Charlie Roos on saxophone, Frankie Dunlop drums, and John Orr on bass. Earlier I mentioned B-sides of 45s that I bought. I made so many discoveries that way. A lot of very bad singers, many of them named Bobby, would put a Broadway standard on the B-side of their hit. Sometimes they did an okay job of it, and sometimes not. Some of them were just too bad to do anything that was even okay. When I was about 11, a popular TV program was 77 Sunset Strip. I barely remember it, but apparently there was a sort of a beatnik character. I think he was a parking valet who was just called Kooky, and he talked in that beatnik slang and was always combing his hair. He was played by a young man named Ed Burns. I barely remember the TV show, but there was a 45 RPM record that Ed Cookie Burns put out, and I remember that one very vividly. I even shamefully must admit that I had a copy of that record. It went something like this. One might call it early rap. That song was actually a hit. And you turn it over, and guess what the B side of the record is? It's a Cole Porter tune, You're the Top. Uh, He did change a few lyrics, and uh, there's not much jazz to it. But now, whenever I hear this song, I can't get this horrendous version out of my head. So to ingrain it even further, here it is. Ed Burns with You're the Top. It's under two minutes long, so hopefully you can deal with it. You're a nervous number You're the top You're a cool cucumber You're a way out chick Who can make my ticker tilt You're a wicked swinger Ring-a-ding-dinger You're custom built You're the end You're a souped-up wagon You're the friend When the whole scene's dragging He's a nowhere trip who isn't hip to pop. But if maybe I'm the lowest, you're the top. that I'd burn and like wow you're a charge and God can spot it very large in the group that's got it he's a lead balloon a square a goon a flop but if baby I'm the lowest you're the top Just no others You come on Like the Maverick Brothers He's a cat who shook A nothing good A chop But if baby I'm the lowest You're the top Well, if at one time You thought I was the top You've probably changed your mind After I inflicted you With that rendition of the tune Although I do have to admit that I kind of like that the little moment twice in the tune where he goes into that kind of swing R&B rhythm. All right, I did warn you that this was a party of one. Listening to that gives you some idea why when I was a kid nobody ever came to my parties. Time to really mix things up. In the mid-60s, I became very much a folky, and old-timey gospel and blues became a favorite. One person I discovered was a Bahaman guitarist named Joseph Spence. 
He had a unique guitar sound, and his singing was hard to understand, partly because he would have his pipe in his mouth when he sang, but the rhythms he made with his guitar were outstanding. His willingness to improvise and vary those rhythms and totally stretch out, to me, it does reflect a jazz consciousness, even if most people wouldn't call this jazz. Here he is, from 1964, recorded in his home on the island of Andros, with his wife singing in the background, Bimini Gal, Joseph Spence. Joseph Spence here on Discovering Jazz. My name is Larry Sademan. Today I'm talking about my own jazz roots as well as what sustains my interest in jazz. Speaking of complex rhythms, here's something with a Cuban influence. It's not part of my jazz roots, but this group has played an integral part in sustaining my interest in jazz. It was the last live concert I saw before I moved last year from Peterborough, Ontario to Victoria, B.C., and it was part of International Jazz Day. Jane Bennett and Makeke put on a fantastic concert, absolutely fantastic. 
Makeke consists mostly of women from Cuba and one from Zimbabwe and one from Toronto. This CD just arrived in the mail and I haven't even heard it yet. This particular track is called Momentum. Jane Bennett and Makeke, home-based in Toronto. When I was 12, in 1960, I started listening to the CJCA Top 93 every Saturday morning, getting up at the crack of dawn and writing down each tune that was played on the radio and its number, starting from number 93. I still have quite a few of those lists that I made. I also began to write out my own hit parade of favorites, which I kept for kept up for about 10 years, although it may seem to some to be a little obsessive. What I find is that uh, I'm now able to go through those lists and assess my tastes. Generally, they weren't very good, but at least they weren't controlled by whatever was popular at the time. Lots of totally obscure tunes that I would rate very highly. One of the ones that wasn't so obscure was a Vince Guaraldi tune. I have a lot in common with some young people who became jazz fanatics because of the Charlie Brown Christmas specials with music by Vince Guaraldi. My influence was a few years earlier, in 1963, when Guaraldi first recorded Cast Your Feet to the Wind. 
It made it to number 44 on the CJCA Hit Parade chart and up to number 31 on my own Hit Parade of Favorites. Then two years later, a more middle-of-the-road version was made, pretty similar to the Vince Guaraldi version, but with a melodic middle part replacing much of the improvisation. That was by the Sounds Orchestral featuring pianist Johnny Pearson. That one stayed at number one on my own Hit Parade for seven weeks and made it to number 19 on the CGACA chart. So, uh, do I like the Sounds Orchestral version better than the original? Not really. They're both great, but listening to them back-to-back today gives me some idea of the difference between middle-of-the-road or easy-listening music and jazz. I'll first play the one by Sounds Orchestral, then the original Vince Guaraldi trio recording. Cast your fate to the wind. And now the original 1963 version by Vince Guaraldi, very similar, except with a much freer and jazzier improvisation.
the Vince Grelde trio, like, yes, it's time to end the party, even though there's lots of wine and goodies left, and not for another party. Not sure when, but hopefully the COVID scare will have eased and we'll be able to make more connection at this next party. This is Discovering Jazz. I'm Larry Sademan. Thank you, Peterborough Independent Podcasters, for hosting this podcast. I hope you found my own exploration into my jazz roots to be interesting and at times enjoyable. Taking you home with the first version I ever heard of this great Bob Dora and Ben Tucker composition, Come on Home Baby, Mel Torme, from 1962. Bye for now. I'm coming home, baby, now. I'm coming home now, right away. I'm coming home, baby, now. I'm sorry now I ever went away. Every night and day I go and stay. I'm coming home, baby. I'm on home. Coming home, baby, now. You know I'm waiting here for you. I'm coming home now, real soon. You've been gone. Coming home, baby, now. You don't know what I'm going. I'm coming home, I know I'm overdue Since you went away Expect me any day now, real soon I'm coming home I'm on home Coming home, baby, now You know I'm praying every night And everything is gonna be fine Please come on Coming home, baby, now I want to feel you hold me tight Expect to see me now, any time When I'm in your arms You're in my arms, I'll be fine I'm coming home. I'm coming home, baby, now. You know I'm counting every day. I'm coming home now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Use your phone. I'm coming home, baby, now. And baby, let me hear you say. I'm coming home, you hearing what I say. That you're coming home. And I never will go away. I'm coming home. Coming home, baby, now. You know I'm waiting at the door. They can't hold me back now, no more. All alone. I'm pressing on, baby, now. And pacing up and down the floor. Oh, hear me holler and hear me roar. Say you'll be with me. Gonna be with you evermore. I'm coming home. Come on home. I'm coming home, baby, now. Oh, baby, say you're coming home. That's what I say. I say I'm coming home. Something's wrong. The road is long, baby, now Who wants to either ride a phone? I'm coming home and never more to roam Baby, tell me you Baby, I'm for sure coming home I'm coming home I'm coming home, baby, now